It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. And um, I put a plug in. Join us during the week. Fox Business Network. The name of the show is Kudlow, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. If you can't make it at 4, why just uh, text your favorite nine-year-old. We'll teach you how to DBR the show. And right here, you can get us on the Internet, live stream it, LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com, throughout the country, around the world, and the solar system, and through the Milky Way. And um, we even have a little connection on the Chinese balloon, which is now running through North Carolina. And still, American forces haven't touched it. So we'll see what happens there. But we're here to talk about stocks, unless my guests want to talk about the Chinese balloons. Perfectly okay with me. On the other hand, we have Stephanie Link, Chief Investment Strategist at Hightower Advisors and Head of Investment Solutions, and Kenny Polcari of Case Capital Advisors and uh, Slate Stone Wealth. Welcome, kids. Um, I want to talk about this strong stock market year-to-date particularly the NASDAQ, which is up almost 15%, the S&P 500 up almost 8%, uh, the Dow a little bit less. And this past week, the NASDAQ was up 385, the S&P was up uh, 66. So there's a lot of earnings warnings, but the market has done very well. The Fed is tightening, the market has done very well. The curve is inverted, the market has done well. The M2 money supply is crashing. The, the market is doing very well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, Stephanie, what do you make of this? It's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. Well, I think we were deeply oversold after last year, um, being down 18% on the S&P and 33% on the NASDAQ, and also fixed income lost double digits as well. So really negative sentiment headed into this year. And as we've progressed through the year so far, it's early, but I'm hearing more and more people talking about soft landing um, because the economic data, some parts are really bad, but some parts are not bad at all, right? So we know manufacturing is terrible. We know, look at all the ISM, PMIs, the regional series, I check it out, even new orders are terrible. Housing, we know is bad. Uh, although I'm going to argue that I think housing is getting close to bottoming. But we got permits last year down 30 percent, and that is a leading indicator. So housing bad for now. And, of course, then we had the the, the uh, disappointing retail sales numbers, which fell 1.1 percent month over month in the last report. Okay, that's the bad. But the good is jobs, right? I mean, we had a, an, out, an outstanding non-farm payroll number yesterday with inline wages, so wages are not accelerating, at least at the moment. And so people are thinking, okay, good jobs, wages are under control, and maybe the Fed, we're in like the ninth inning of the Fed. And even if we are in the ninth inning of the Fed uh, raising rates, I, I think they're going to have to stay higher for longer because I just look at that core PCE number at 4.4%. It's just too high. And then if you listen to what Powell had to say, yeah, we're seeing disinflation in goods and, and a pipeline of disinflation in housing services, but core services, ex-housing is still too high. So I think this is kind of wishful thinking on soft landing. I am in the camp that we're going to slow. Maybe we can engineer a soft landing. So I don't want to be too negative, especially given the sentiment. 
but it's a tough year so far, Larry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, you know mince words. It's it's been a challenge for sure. Well, let me ask you a question. You you laid out all the bads, but you had one really big good, which was yesterday's jobs report. Mm-hmm. Um, with all those bads, does that undermine the credibility of the good? I mean, the good came out of the blue. Some people are saying you had um, a shift in, the, you know, the, the same, they benchmarked the jobs reports, uh, annual benchmarking, seasonal adjustments were updated, population controls were re-estimated. I'm just thinking, uh, I don't want to diminish it. I have nothing against jobs. I'm glad more people are working, although their real wages continue to fall. But the fact is, there, you know, you're right. There were a lot of bads, and then there's this good. So does yeah. the bads raise credibility about the good? I'm just interested. Well, well I think that I think jobs are, are very important. Um, and so I think it's not just jobs, right? And it's jobs across the board. It's jolts. It's initial claims it's across the board. Um, wages remain high, strong. Inflation is coming down, even though it's still too high for the Fed. Inflation mm-hmm. is coming down, right? Look at gasoline prices down. Look at that gas prices are down. You know, look at CPI, CPI, all that stuff. So if inflation is coming down and wages remain elevated, that's pretty good for real incomes for the consumer. And the consumer is hanging in there. Services remain strong. And that we know is 73% of CPI and all that. So, But it's also 70% of our economy. So the consumer's hanging in because of the jobs. And that's why it's so important, because the consumer is such a big piece to the economy. What do you think, Kenny Pocari? You, you agree with all that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm mixed about it, right? I love how Stephanie's uh, uh, analysis is. I agree with, with her on some parts of it. But look, when you think about uh, inflation coming down, it's coming down in places that don't affect you every day. Used car prices are coming down. Housing is coming down. But how often are you buying a car and how often are you buying a house, number one? Number two, when you go to the supermarket, things are, things that you need are still butter, all that stuff. Utilities, the utility rates are up. You know, my utility rate went up 18%. My payment went up 40%. Even though NAT gas is coming down, my utility bill is not going to come down. So those are entrenched increases now that I think the Fed is concerned about and that everyday Americans are concerned about, right? Now, I'm not trying to paint this horrendous picture because the market is acting very well. And I, and as a long, I am a long-term bull, and I do think the market is trading on clearly the future, not trading on the current. But I have to ask. That big report yesterday, a lot of it was returning rail strikers. Those are not new jobs that mm. were created. Those are jobs that were that have been there that were on hold because they were striking. Now they come back into the workforce and it suddenly you know sends them the number higher. And I'm not and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm glad people are back to work. But I do think it poses a problem for the Fed because while they are successful in bringing some prices down in parts of the economy, I still think they're very concerned, and I think that was clear now in retrospect after you saw yesterday's report, what J.J. and the other Fed members keep saying, that rates are going to continue to move up and then stay up for longer than people expect. Mary Daly just reiterated that point yesterday. Mm. Um, I don't think, you know, I, I think this whole, oh, the Fed's going to pause and pivot in 2023, I think that's a misguided argument. I don't see how they could do that because, when they pivot, they're suggesting the economy's weak and it needs stimulation. It clearly doesn't like it needs stimulation. Me. Do you have an electric stove or a gas burning stove? No, I, <laughs> I just Florida, so I have an electric stove. When I was in New York, I had a propane, which I love, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't have a gas burning. Stove. 
Yeah, we just moved departments, but we have an electric stove. I'm trying to figure out which is cheaper. I think the I think the gas burning stove would be cheaper now than the electric burning stove. A thousand percent, it's going to be cheaper. A I, thousand percent. By the way, how many um, railroad strikers came back? I hadn't heard that. That's a good point. I forgot all about that. How, yeah, I have to remember. I don't know exactly. Maybe Stephanie knows, but that was a, that was a significant part of yesterday's number. Oh, I didn't hadn't seen that. That's very insightful. I had not seen that. But I mean, it is true. Um, businesses want, I mean, you've got 11 million, uh, job openings from the JOLTS report and the quit, and the quit rate is still pretty high. Uh, so there's strength in that. It's just an odd story to me. Uh, all the stuff, all the bads that Stephanie described, it's stuff that I've been reporting myself, you know, last November, December, consumers were down. Uh, manufacturing was down, housing's always down, and then you get this uh, blockbuster 517. How come the stock market didn't even move on it, Steph? I mean, it barely moved on it. I don't know what it did yesterday. Um, it was it was down, it was down, down 128. Bit, I, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a lot. I mean, it, it's it's because the job number, even if you adjust for the seasonality, it's still looking at like 300,000, right, on the right. farm payroll. So right. maybe not five, maybe not 517, but right. it's still a pretty hot number. But I think it really had to do with the wages uh, coming in at three tenths, not accelerating month over month, 4.4 percent down from four six. So I, I think that it fit into that. What I'm, what I'm calling a lot of people on that soft landing bandwagon. Mm. Um, I'm not in. I mean, I'm not in the the, the the doom and gloom camp. I just don't think the Fed is going to look at this number and change anything of what their thought process is and their actions are. And so, yeah, like Kenny said, we're going to stay at about five. Is it five one? Is whatever it is, it's going to be high for longer. Here's the thing, though. Right. I mean, we put in, and you guys know this. Congress spent 22% of GDP in COVID relief over the last two years, just two years. I'm not even counting that to, 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 to 20. The, the Fed's balance sheet, we know, exploded. So there is still stimulus in the system, believe it or not. And it's, it's still going to help us. And that's why I'm saying there, it's not all gloom and doom. There are some good things that are happening. Um, and it's just going to take a while for that all to wear itself out. Um, and, and then we'll have to see what the, what the implications are in terms of higher interest rates. So let's just say you mentioned jolts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, jolts are, 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 are very strong at 11 million. There's two job openings for every one unemployed person. If, and, and ADP posted wage numbers of 7% on average yep. this past week. Yep. And, and if you switch, if you switch a job, you get 15%. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, consumers in a little bit better shape for now. We'll have to see how it all plays out, though. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. I want to ask another thing. Um, people are talking about uh, financial conditions easing, and that's running, because interest rates have fallen back. The 10 years, you know, back to 3.5%, actually somewhat less than 3.5%. I think the peak was around 4 and a quarter percent or even higher. But let me just posit this. Um, if you take the uh, inflation protection, the two-year uh, tips, the two-year tips, 2.34%, okay? That's the CPI break-evens, 2.34%. Use that as a, as a, as a proxy. The Fed funds rate is, I'm going to call it, four and three-quarters. So four and three-quarters minus... 234 that gives you a real rate 
of about 2.4%. In other words, real rates have gone up, at least in the short end of the curve. And that's tight money. So even though some financial, you know, some rates have fallen, real rates actually are rising for the first time in quite a while. And I'd say score one for the Fed. They're getting what they want. Kenny? Yeah, no, I, I think they are. And I think that's going to start to uh, permeate and then, and then, and then uh, become more evident, right, as we move along. Look, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day who was talking about his, his HELOC loan, which is, a, which is a, a floating rate, has gone from 1% to closer to 6% now. And so he's feeling that number. Mm-hmm. Those are real rates that are starting to, mm-hmm. that are starting to hit. I don't, think, I don't think we're talking enough about that as well as part of the, part of the economy that's going to hit people. But, yes, to your point, I think the Fed is making some progress. I think that is going to start to really show itself. And I think that's going to be a, a, a headwind for stocks as we move forward, which is why I still think I'm in 70s camp that it's not necessarily going to be, you know, this great easy year. Even though the market feels like it got off to a great start in January, we've got 11 more months to go, right? Well, I know. I look forward to those 11 months. Every day is an important day, one day at a time. The Cudlow Trust is very happy with even small rallies. I mean, I talk about stocks for the long run. For me, I don't know what the long run is anymore, but hope springs eternal. We are talking to Stephanie Link of Hightower Advisors and Investment Solutions and Kenny Polcari of Case Capital Advisors and Slate Stone Wealth. I'm Cudlow. We're going to be right back with some stock recommendations Please stick around. This is the Larry Kudlow Show on 77 WABC. Now back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking stocks. Stephanie Link, uh, Hightower Advisors, Investment Solutions, Kenny Polcari, Case Capital Advisors, and Slade Stone Wealth. You know, I just, I want to, actually, all the, if you use the break-evens, the CPI break-even, so that's the expected inflation rate, right? So the 10-year tips, 220, and the 10-year is 350. So in other words, real rates on that basis, not actual inflation, because the CPI is still whatever the CPI is, 6.5% year on year. But still, the expected inflation, you know, you've got higher real rates. I'm just pointing that out. And by the way, uh, Kenny Pocari, commodities got slaughtered this week. Gold down 3%, silver down 5 crude oil down 8 nat gas down 23%, copper down 4.5%, CRB futures down 4 I mean, there's a wholesale slaughter of commodities. What's going on there? Well, I think the commodities are also reacting to, uh, we've seen a decline in the dollar, you know, that inverse relationship between the dollar and commodities, right? Now, the dollar rallied a little bit uh, on Friday on the back of what's expected to be the report. But as the dollar gets weaker, commodities will, I mean, as the dollar gets stronger now, which is now it's expected to do, then the commodities are going to start to get weaker again. And I think that's part of what you saw. I think oil is a separate story. While it does respond to the strengthening dollar, I think there's a, you know, there's a separate demand story going on with oil. But when you talk about some of the other commodities, um, like gold, that took a big hit, but gold has rallied significantly on the assumption that the Fed was going to be successful and that rates were 
going to stop going up. I think on Friday we learned that rates were not necessarily going to stop going up, and so gold is going to take uh, as pulled back a little bit. And I think that's what you're going to see in some of the other commodity names now as the dollar. If the dollar starts to spread again, you're going to see more of a pullback in the coins. Now, if it stops, uh, then I think you'll see commodities stabilize and then start to move up, because I'm still bullish on uh, gold for the year and other commodities. I think they're going to move higher as the year goes out. But, you know, initially from a trading perspective, they'll respond to what happens in, you know, what the Fed is saying and what the dollar's reaction is to what the Fed is saying. Well, it could be the dollar finally stabilized because Jay Powell had, he still has some hair on his chest Wednesday. Yeah. Sort of Volker, Volker, I'm a tough guy. I got hair on my chest. Stephanie Link, what's doing with um, uh, technology? Uh, a lot of those big companies uh, had earnings misses, but uh, the NASDAQ has done very well year to date. And uh, NASDAQ was up again this week. Uh, let's see, it was Thursday, I think you had all those uh, moonlight trading, 4 p.m. announcements, a whole bunch of them were disappointing. What's going on with tech? What's your outlook? Yeah, I think um, tech is absolutely rotation, and it goes back to a lot of people believe the Fed is going to stop at, you know, five, whatever sort of kind of number, and, and then just pivot. And I don't, I'm not in that camp, but that's why if you think rates are coming down, you can own long-duration assets, right? The whole reason they, they, out, they underperformed last year is because rates were going higher, and that hurts long-duration assets. And tech and growth is – they are both long-duration. Mm. So I think it's just a rotation. I think it's a reversion to the mean. And I got to tell you, I mean, I was on every one of those calls on Thursday, Apple, Google, Amazon, a couple of weeks ago, Microsoft. They're seeing cloud deceleration like they've never seen before. Huh. That's number one. And then number two, they are all stay-at-home beneficiaries. And they spent like drunken sailors, and now they're going to have to lower costs. And they are, but they're behind the eight ball on cost. Let me, get, let me give you an example. So Meta reported, and actually that one was a decent number, um, and they announced back in November a 13% decline in their headcount, 11,000 people. Well, to put that in perspective, for the prior four quarters, Larry, they hired 19,000 people. Mm. So what are they doing here, right? Like, they have much more to go. And, that's, and, and, and because cloud is decelerating so rapidly, that's why these companies have to cut so, so dramatically. Apple might be a little different story because they have supply issues, and, and they've got a $2 billion install base, so it's a very powerful story. It's, it's just that none of these companies, none of these stocks are cheap. If I'm going to go anywhere in tech, it'll be semiconductors. They were the first to go down about mm. a year ago mm. because of double and triple ordering. I think they are starting to rally as inventories are getting worked down. One last thing that I know you and I haven't talked about in a long time, I'm actually pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing in revisions in growth internationally. Oh. So you saw the, IM, the IMF rose uh, GDP to 2.9% for the Eurozone. Mm. They ra- raised it to 52 in China. Mm. DOJ is raising numbers. That might be a little bit of a tailwind to offset the slowdown that we're going to see here. Kenny Pocari, favorite trades right now? Last minute. You, last minute. Uh, yeah, listen, besides my, my stuff that people need trades, I'm really wading back into the artificial intelligence space because I think it's very exciting. Look at what's happening with things like chat GPT. I think that is clearly mm. the future. And I have to have exposure to uh, artificial intelligence as well as, you know, kind of names in the cybersecurity uh, 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 space because I think those also got unnecessarily beaten up last year. And I think there's big opportunity there. 
Cybersecurity, you know, that Chinese spy balloon. There you go. <laughs> old-fashioned, little old-fashioned cybersecurity. But it could be a head fake. This is unbelievable. Offer. Somebody's got to knock that thing down. Anyway, kids, thank you ever so much. Stephanie Link, I appreciate it. Kenny Pocari, I appreciate okay. it. Folks, stick around. I got Liz Peek and Steve Moore, Money Politics. What's Joe Biden going to say in the State of the Union? He thinks the State of the Union's fabulous. I'm just Cutlow. <laughs>